It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone. Welcome into Locked On Suns, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Today is always most Evan Sidery, and I am with Kellen Olsen and Flagstaff sitting under a cherry tree right now giving you the latest news. I think it's a cherry tree. I don't know. But what what's your thoughts just on the last few days, Kellen? Because you've been up here. This is my last day up here. But just a lot of installation, a lot of Igor praise, a lot of Aiton praise. We have rumors now about a point guard possibly happening soon. So just what's your thoughts at this week so far? Yeah, we're sitting under a cherry tree on NAU's campus right now. And the thing is, we're sitting outside and we're not sweating profusely. Yeah. It's a really <laughs> nice change. I hope... I, I don't want to drive up here for two hours for practice, obviously, but it would be nice to sit up here <laughs> and be able to be outside, obviously. Uh, so my initial impressions are just Igor is not really – it's not too complicated, right? He's, it's very simple what he wants to accomplish here, and that's terminology, sets, all the little things like that. He wants all of that picked up while instilling the habits that he wants to see, and one of those obviously is DeAndre, uh, which you can talk about a little bit what we heard today about his defense. Yeah, he installed the role of defensive coordinator for DeAndre, and I think that's huge. But him, it looks like he's buying in already. He's really, Igor's also making him buy in, it seems like, and it, he said, I think his quote was, I told him he has to sacrifice to later dominate, which I think is a really good thing for him, and I so with Aiton, if he is a good defender Ralph, I mean, not, we're not going to say he's a good defender right off the bat, but if he's buying in already to what Kokoskov's saying about defense first before offense, that's huge for him. Yeah, it is. Um, it, it's also this weird period during media day and training camp, and even preseason and the start of the season where we're always going to hear these things. So that's it's going to be more about in like November and December is, is he still buying in, and obviously like he's going to say that, but we're going to see. The product's not going to lie on the court, and... Igor seems like the perfect coach. I think David Nash was one of the guys who really wrote about it extensively about how Igor is one of the guys that, like, as a coach, really fits DeAndre well. And I think we're just seeing that from the quotes that we're hearing and from what DeAndre specifically has been talking about. I think Igor said he, he pulled him aside last night yeah, is what you tweeted. Um, and, and that's the type of stuff where he's going to be in his ear constantly but not overbearing, but at the same time is going to be making sure that the defense is there and DeAndre his personality is like very unique and it it seems like he is he he doesn't seem like he's um being dishonest all when he's talking to us like some guys that talk to us you can tell that they're just saying the lines they're saying the lines like DeAndre tells you like what's on his mind and to me it seems like he's taking everything in stride barely it it feels like he's adjusting to the NBA life right now and something he kept saying on media like this is serious the workouts all of this stuff and everything, but it seems like already now talking to him on a Wednesday as opposed to Monday, he feels much more comfortable, and I think that has a lot to do with Igor himself. Speaking of Igor, I know you were around before I was as far as Hornacek and then Earl Watson. Just We both said to each other when we were in there for about 15, 20 minutes watching the practice, the, the communication on defense was the most we've heard in the past few years. So what's just your thoughts on, on that? Because it just seems like a lot of switching is coming soon. That's a foreign thing to the Phoenix Suns, and then it's a lot of communication, which is also foreign. Yeah, Igor is going to get um, 
typecast probably not the right word, but he's going to get labeled as like this offensive guy because of all the sets that he runs there, and that's what he's known for. But the thing that he has always been talking about is defense, and that is the one thing that he is trying to instill more than anything right now. It's like, okay, here are our sets, and here's what I want you guys to do. But the overall philosophy and tone is always about defense, and to me that's where you see the talking coming into play. As far as like comparing it to the past couple of years, we haven't sat in on practices like that that much where we've been able to hear them talk, and I think guys are going to talk the most at this period. It's kind of like what we said earlier with DeAndre. We'll see in November and December and stuff, but what we do know was the past couple of years, there was barely any chatter at all, and it was very loud in there, and that's good to see at least at this point. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, another point on training camp, just what did the, what's the impact look like for you from a guy like Trevor Reese and Ryan Anderson? That seems like they're making a big impact on the young guys. Dragon Bender says he's learned from Anderson. Ariza says he shoots with Jackson and Bridges every morning. So what's that impact? It seems like already they're making a bigger impact than a guy like Jared Dudley ever did. Yeah, I wrote about Ryan Anderson last night on ArizonaSports.com, and essentially the impact of Anderson to me is that it's not just a situation where Jared Dudley got paid or Tyson Chandler got paid and they took the best deal or they went to like the situation obviously played a factor into their decisions but money helped a lot. Ryan Anderson got traded here but he got traded from a situation that was terrible for him just you could really tell that it was taking a toll on him like um in his head mentally that he's just sitting there we we watched the Rockets dozens of times like James Harden and Chris Paul just dribble the ball a lot and he's supposed to just stand there and Igor's system is going to keep him moving. Obviously, his relationship with Trevor Reese has been highlighted through training camp. That's going to help him. And then the, he feels a direct need, too, of shooting and a veteran power forward. So I think Anderson is a guy that makes a lot of sense for me the more we heard him talk. it was When the trade happened, I think me and you were both like, D'Anthony Melton, sweet. <laughs> and, and now it's kind of like once we're hearing everyone talk about it and hearing Ryan specifically talk about it, I think that's where we can see that, oh, this is like a really great move for him and this could kind of help him bounce back as far as far as the other guys I think it's it's just about having a pedigree something that came up on Monday from Troy Daniels was that they would be talking as the veterans and the young guys would kind of get sick of it towards the end and, and some of that had to do with the pedigree and they just came from a team that won 65 games Ryan Anderson was a huge part of the, t- the team towards the beginning and middle of the season and Trevor Reese obviously was huge throughout and both those guys the year before as well and, and that comes in, and then if we want to talk about the point guard room this year, I think a guy like Jeff Teague would help even more there, and that's where you can clearly see what they're going for here. They're adding guys with real NBA pedigree that are going to play significant roles. That's the thing that happened with Chandler and Dudley specifically, where it's just they, they can help out and mentor and everything, but it has to come with someone who not respect necessarily, but that is going out there every single day and playing as hard as they are, and, and that's what they're going to be doing. We both talked about it on our separate podcast. I know you mentioned it on, I think, one or two episodes ago that if they didn't have a point guard by media day, the, the panic button should be pressed. So it seems like every other position outside the point guard position does have a mentor. They have Ariza, Anderson, Chandler. So we had rumors today from ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski saying that the Suns could get involved for a guy like Tyus Jones or even a guy like Jeff Teague. I haven't heard Goran Dragic, but that could, maybe that could happen. So what's your thoughts on that whole situation? 
Jeff Teague is really interesting to me because he hits this certain uh, area where I feel like you're the best at it in, in the Suns landscape of looking like two to three years ahead and looking where guys can be and potential ads and things like that. And that's where we can fall in a trap as well because we're like, oh, Clay Thompson, wouldn't he be sweet? Wouldn't Kyrie be sweet? And at the same, at the, at the reality, at the reality is sometimes you get Jeff Teague. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just the reality of it. Sometimes you can't even get Kemba. Sometimes you just get Jeff Teague. And, and look, Jeff Teague has been a solid NBA point guard for the past five or six years if people were are kind of confused i had a couple people to me and be like yeah like he seems good but there's a lot of people who seem to have this stigma about him the thing is to, that explains him the best is playoff jeff teague which i'm sure you're familiar with which is when he had a playoff series or two where he was a top he looked like a top 8 10 12 yeah. point guard he was but an he's yeah but he's more of the guy who is now a top like 15 to 18 kind of guy just kind of in that eric bledsoe range and i know comparing him to eric bledsoe is going to scare people but seven assists a game pretty routinely in the past couple of years is a legitimate point guard. And the great thing I like about him the most after having like an hour or so to think about it is that you look at who the Suns have. They have Booker, they have Aiden as the primary options. You go to what Minnesota had, they had Wiggins, Butler, and Towns. And he was still able to play that role despite being someone who's seen as like an offensive-minded, um, high-usage type of point guard. He's used to sharing the rock around, and he would have to do that if he came here. And obviously, I would prefer Tyus Jones because the price would be smaller and just the fit all around makes a lot more sense. But the more I think about it, maybe Teague makes the most sense because of everything we talked about with the veteran leadership. What are your thoughts on it overall in terms of not who would you rather have, but how you reacted initially? Um, Before I even read the tweets, I did, when I was walking in, I was a few minutes behind you guys, and I did see James Jones on the phone, so I don't know if that means anything. But <laughs> but um, I, I honestly I think... See, I looked for McDonough, I didn't see yeah, him. McDon- Connelly was there, but I didn't see McDonough. Yeah, McDonough was not nowhere to be found. James Jones was hiding in a corner on his phone. I think he called an eye of me. But what's just your... I think we yeah, throwing it back to me. I really think Jeff Teague is a, a kind of the right guy to go for. The more you explain it, because would you rather pay Teague nineteen million or Kemba thirty two million? And doing that, there's a thirteen fourteen million dollar difference between those two guys, and that's I think it's debatable because Teague, even though he's not a good defender, he is a very good distributor, and that's exactly what they need. I think Mikhail Josh could cover for him defensively. Yeah. So. What do you think, if there's anything going out, we touched on this in the practice, but do you think it would be Tyson or TJ or it'd be one of those two? The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I saw people tweeting about it back and forth. It's it's interesting because I feel like Tyson, the, the whole deal seems to be Jimmy Butler, uh, the, the proposed framework. It's not even proposed framework yet, but the framework of a deal where that would happen is Jimmy Butler to Miami, Goran Dragic to Minnesota, uh, and then Minnesota would need more coming back, obviously, but they would still need to get rid of Jeff Teague, and that's where phoenix would be helping so is tyson chandler like a pick the milwaukee pick is that enough to get him in theory um i, I think it's pretty close but again tj the whole thing is they'd be freeing up money by getting rid of him um long-term money at least they'd be freeing up money they'd be freeing up their wing rotation just a bit and committing more to mikhail bridges 
but at the same time, it seems like they're really day by day getting it down more that this is going to be the rotation. And the guy really only suffering from this is Dragon Bender. And honestly, like I'm a huge Dragon Bender stand. I'm the Dragon Bender stand. I think everyone knows me as. And at, at this point, like who cares? It's uh, he's had his chance to earn his minutes now, and now he's going to be working at a deficit, really battling for minutes. But there's no one else to blame but himself for the way he's played. So uh, I think keeping TJ at this point would be preferred. But at the same time, if that's what it takes to get Jeff Teague, I'm the wrong person to ask because, like, I'm more of, like, yeah, you get rid of the long-term money and it's easier to profile it down the line. And one more point on Teague that I like is that the player option, everyone's like, I hope he declines the player option. I actually don't mind if he keeps it as long as he's good because a a year longer to address the point guard situation is actually preferred for me, in my opinion, because you have a better idea of what the team is in a year. Because after this year, you've got so many rookie seasons, right? You've got Bridges' rookie season. You've got – so you tweeted this, Elliot Cobo and D'Anthony Melton could take over for him. After one year, I think that's a bit much. But after two years, like, you have a much, much better idea of what those guys are. And it would take, like, a really superb rookie season for one of those two guys for me to actually think that they would be the starter so to, to me I that's kind of how I look at Teague and why why I would like it two years down the line because then okay maybe you've won like 38 40 games Devin's now 23 and he's an all-star DeAndre Ayton is maybe an all-star now Mikhail Bridges and Josh Jackson have really certified themselves in the league that's where you can go okay yeah now we pay Kemba 30 million dollars or now we pay that point guard x we max him out because now we're ready to really go so you think this is more of it's not kicking the can down the road so to say but it's just they're playing it smarter where two years down the line it could be D'Anthony Mellon's like the next Fred Van Vliet something like that or they could wait till 2020 and have easily max cap space for that point guard yeah it's just a matter of circumstance honestly I think it's just Jeff Teague's contract doesn't really play a role into it much but when you go into pros and cons of the deal I think there are a couple extra pros there because of his contract and because of I think they, it, a lot of it comes down to what they saw in film last year and if they think that he has two good, solid years left in him. And they, they felt that way about Ryan Anderson to a certain extent. They felt that way about Trevor Reza for a year. Uh, so I think that's going to be the determining factor And if they do the Jeff Teague deal. And, of course, if Miami wants to give up Goran Dragic, like, do we even know if that's a thing yet? I think that might just be from the Minnesota end where they're like, yeah, if he goes to Miami, we want Goran Dragic. So we don't even know that far yet. But... It's a, it's a lot more exciting than just having nothing going on. Oh, right? for sure. Not nothing going on at point guard right now because it's like I've been the chief guy on just like it, this cannot happen. This we, they cannot start the season with this rotation. And the last question I'll throw your way: just hypothetically, if they do make a trade this week for a guy like Teague or Tyus Jones or Dragic, what's your expectations now if they do get a guy like that? Are they close to a playoff team? No. Okay. <laughs> okay just want to make sure. Relax, Evan. Yeah. Easy. Um, it, Teague is interesting from that perspective because I feel like they'll be they'll be very competitive. I think the angle we should approach on it is how much the Suns are going to get slammed if they get Jeff Teague. We're just going to be like, oh wow, look at the Suns trying to win 34 games with Jeff Teague. Isn't that amazing? And that's just them not having the correct perspective, which is what we have because we're here every day and we know what the situation is and they need to win games down. People are saying, oh well, in order to have a GM save his job, it's kind of a stupid deal. It's a lot more than that they need to win right now because Devin Booker's ready to win right now. If he wasn't averaging nearly 25-5-5 last year, I would feel much differently about the moves that they've made, but kid franchise is like ready to go he's not even like kid he's man franchise now (laughs) like it's it's you've been you've been even bigger on him heading into this year than i am and and so i can't imagine how you feel i'm still holding by 27.57 i'm still holding by that (laughs) I'm, i'm not going that far there's no way i'm going that far but i still believe that there is an incentive here to win and it, it, can you even imagine like why 
So let's say they tank because in this point guard rotation, it's the reason for tanking. Mm -hmm. So now you take another rookie in the top six, seven, who you need to get, and there's not even like a point guard there yet. And people are saying, oh, it's a long year. Like you never know if a point guard's there. Okay, now they're waiting on one point guard or two point guards for sure that they have to be able to take in order to tank. If they take Zion, it's like, where does Zion or R.J. Barrett, where does Zion or R.J. Barrett even play? Like there's no room because there's so much young talent here already. That, That time is gone. All right, now appreciate you coming on, Kellen. Just plug whatever you want. I know people probably know where to find you, but if there's any new listeners out there. Uh, yeah, ArizonaSports.com. Uh, Empire of the Suns is the Twitter uh, for our Suns blog. We're bringing you all kinds of stuff. I'm going to be writing all week here, and uh, we'll have another podcast up. We had one on media today. We'll have another one later in the week. Awesome. That appreciate it, Kellen. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow, regular episode of me and Brendan. But me and Kellen are coming to you from under this cherry tree. We're about to get, leave now, so appreciate you all listening. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.